Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Bermuda Championship. As usual, I am here with Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? <laughs> What's going on, Kenny? We're back at it again. It's pretty pretty good intro for the fact of the size of the field and the, the strength of the field, I should say, that we've got this week. So I'm excited to hop into it with you, and we're coming off another winner. I don't care if he was only 15 to 1. It's back-to-back back for me. You were in on this one as well. I had Rory the week before. Now we both had Decky. I'm excited about that. Going to hop into it, but before we do, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. Got our classic free money offer for you later on. We're going to get into that promo later. And then, of course, fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first month's payment. That's all the stats that we're going to be using, especially on a week like this. But but Kenny, Decky comes through. Dominic gets the W. What are your thoughts? Yeah, finally get that win. It's been a couple of months. Uh, with the frustrating runner-ups uh, the whole time. You know, the goal for me really is, you know, is 10, 10 outrights a year. 10 outrights a season. That's the goal. Tough to do, but that's that's the goal. I've done it before. Uh, so, so we're going to try and do it again. So this was the first one. So the first five weeks of what? Uh, uh, events, three runner-ups, and, and and finally a win. So, so we're getting on the board. Um uh, you know, the one thing about Hideki is you could tell the, that he playing a lot more relaxed. I mean, look at him after the, the after he won during the trophy ceremony. I mean, the, the biggest smile I think I've ever seen, even bigger than the Masters. Uh, you know, they're just cheesing out there, having fun with the crazy uh, Zozo trophy uh, in front of his home country, which was pretty incredible, especially because the beginning of the week, like after the podcast, he said that last week's podcast, he said that he felt like he was below one out of 10 in the way his game was playing. Like if he said that before I did the podcast on Monday, probably wouldn't have bet him, probably wouldn't have had him as a cash game cornerstone. So thank you, Hideki, for waiting till after because I can't change those. Uh, you know, That's so the best part. yeah. So so it worked out, it worked out well. I mean, I got like on Wednesday night, I was looking at my phone, I was like, man, Hideki really just said this, didn't he? Am I going to have to change my cash game cornerstone? Uh, am I going to cash out the bet? And I was like, no, we're riding. Hideki's lying. He's doing what he does when he swings and hits a great shot and throws his club over his shoulder, which he did multiple times again this week. Hideki, the ultimate sandbagger uh, out there, usually when it comes to shots, but now it comes to like pre-turny pressers because, I mean, I've never heard a guy say that before. Like He was below a one out of ten and win an event. Um, so, so that was nice. I mean, when it came down to it, it got a little close at the end and you we were tied with about him and Cameron Tregaio tied with about four or five holes left. Uh, and then, you know, Hideki bogeyed 17. So, but so did, uh, Hideki took the lead with like an Eagle on 15, I think, or something like that. And then, um, you know, Tregaio had a chance on 17. He bogeyed, Hideki bogeyed. And then he ended with that beautiful Eagle he almost made an albatross, uh, on 18 to do that in front of his home crowd. I mean, uh, it seems like, you know, he, he's trending upwards uh, is what I have to say. Uh, 29 years old now, basically reaching his prime uh, when it comes to pro golf gears. Uh, be careful of him because, I mean, he just looks, he looks like he's having more fun. Like in previous wins uh, prior to the Masters, it just didn't, you know, like I won, hooray. I, I mean, you know, hey, yeah, I won. It's like, you know, that's just that was just his attitude. But like, he he, he thoroughly enjoyed uh, this victory in front of his home nation. Uh, what a good win by Hideki. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You, we've talked about it in the past. Ever since that Masters win, though, it's sort of been that thing. Like I said, the monkey. It was almost like that was the monkey off the back. Not previous wins or winning on the PGA Tour. That was supposed to happen. But it was all the high hopes of he was supposed to win majors. He was supposed to do this, that, and the other. And he went out and got it done. And now it looks like he's a lot more comfortable when he goes out there and does it. You see, like you said, that smile cannot be beat. It was Bryson with the the other one. Remember Bryson with it that time? And now it's sort of the same type of look with that trophy as what Hideki had there, where just the happiness was, you can't beat it. So I, I love to see it. I love that, you know, you mentioned it. We had the bets in well in advance. Could have cashed them out, sure, but just never doing that. The one out of 10 thing just goes back to sort of how I always talk about injury reports. 
in the sense that the you know the information these guys are giving us as independent contractors going out doing their job they could say anything but anything could also happen it's a long you know it's a four day event there's a lot on the line there's money up top there's all these factors you just can never calculate it and Hideki went out and did his thing and absolutely crushed so i love to see that uh, overall the event is what it is swing season event we're still doing it if you didn't like that you most certainly may as well tune out now because we're talking about the bermuda championship here where uh rob bolton ran out of numbers there was you know 15 spots out they're actually reducing the field now because the alternates have run out i think it was epat our guy epat over there mentioned today that you can't beat this one it was like the dude is a pga tour broadcaster withdrew out of this thing like it's that bad but we're still here doing our thing. We're degenerates. We're never going to stop. We're always going in. We always got stuff, and we're going to try and make sense of it. But I'll tell you what, Kenny, as far as DFS went last week, it was not good. I played, uh, you know, some of the other guys we talked about, Xander, some other mix. I can't remember, to be honest. All I could think about the whole week was when Decky was only up, like, one stroke to Tringali and Steel and guys like that. And I was like, just please, Decky, come through, close this thing out save my week and make it happen because that's all I could think about the whole time. That was my only out when it came to that and make, you know, DFS is tough. We talk about it all the time. We had all these other takes. We had Tambo, the Japan tour connoisseur, and it certainly still worked out from the best perspective, luckily, but it was nobody from the Japan tour. It was just Hideki, the best Japanese oh, player oh, of all can, time. So. Hey, Kanaya, Kanaya with a top 10 who he was who there. I like, yeah. Who I like, and the crazy thing is, man, it was, Pretty unbelievable that he was like the sixth highest owned golfer uh, in the field. Uh, people that play now are incredibly sharp. <laughs> that's maybe that's another reason why I was so much better back in the day, you know. But we're trying to get there again, and I'm feeling good for this for so far in the fall swing. I'm actually in the black, uh, incredibly. Uh, you know, five events in, it's great. I, you know, uh, last year was a definitely in the red. The year before, definitely that. 2019. And 2018 were good. I was in the black. 2017, I was even. Uh, so, I mean, you know, the last couple of years have been a little bit down, but we're, we're, we're trying to get back on track. Now, going back to Hideki real quick, I think one thing about him is, you know, the amount of pressure that he has um, being – you know, Japanese player. I mean, he was like, he was supposed to be the guy, you know what I'm saying? They've had Jumbo Ozaki. They've had uh really Chicago sort of fell uh, and, you know, a couple of other guys, but like Hideki was supposed to be the man, like the, the whole country was, was on his shoulders and uh, you know, getting that master's win. I mean, they said after he won the master's, it could have been worth a billion dollars for Hideki in Japan. Uh, and the thing is like, he got that one and really all he needed was one, you know, to become the first <laughs> Japanese guy to all he needed was one. And, and and then now everything else is just crazy really for the rest of his career. Um, if you think about it, I mean, he's never gonna have to buy a drink in Japan again. I mean, like, you know, I, it's just, I, I, for the rest of his life, he's basically set in that country now, and it's showing in his golf game. He had a little bit of a lag after the Masters, but but he, you know, he played well in the Olympics, did his thing, uh, and now he gets his victory. And uh, you know, I just see you know more loose Hideki out there, and I think that's going to help his game uh, here in the future. I mean, uh, like you said, Chagall did well. Brandon Steele was up there. Uh, personally, for me, it was a decent. It was a winning GPP week, a winning week. Um, so because of my cash game cornerstones, which have been pretty solid. We're going to try and keep that going uh, this week and, and throughout the whole season. We'll you know, try and bounce back. But, I mean, Lanto I liked. Uh, you know, Kanaya was up there. Uh, Morikawa sort of, what was he, five over after the first nine or something like that, and I ended up finishing in the top, what, 15, uh, top 10. Um, so, uh, you know, Grace is up there, who we liked a lot. Uh, so it was, it was a decent week, I think. So, But we're going to move on to this week, which is – Oh uh, yeah! Wow, it's it, it's 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 different. It's different when it comes okay. to this. Week. Yeah, it's different. Time, time out. I don't know if you got any stories for today, but I gotta just tell one thing. One one thing is funny. First of all, you related all of that Hideki talk to. He drinks for free, so only Kenny Kim could do that. I'll tell you that right now. That's the most incredible part. Everything about Hideki being set for life, billionaire crushing golf, smiling through trophies, doing all these factors, and you took it back to he'll never have to buy a drink again in Japan. I mean, I, I fucking yeah, love you. That's amazing. That was incredible. Second of all, the best part is, I got to tell everyone this part because they'll love it. It's a good Kenny Kim story. 
This man says to me, I don't know which one. He talks to producer Matt. He tells the boys, he says, listen, I don't know which week. I'm going to miss one of these swing season weeks, he says. We'll have to get Bear off back. We'll have to get a fill in. I don't want to come in. Like, I think it's going to be the Bermuda Championship. It's so bad. There's going to be so many withdrawals. It's terrible. This guy comes on today, full-fledged, ready to go because he hit his bet and his cash game cornerstones crushed. So there's I can't no leave y'all hanging. I can't leave the DJ Nation hanging when you finally win a bet and the cash game cornerstones are strong. You know what I'm saying? I got to oh, keep yeah. on going. Now, once I, once I mess up, I almost said the F word. Once I mess up, I'm taking the next week off. It, but I'll tell but you, hey, I'll, it's, I'll it's tell you that right now. Hey, it's, hey it's, so it's, so so you know right now, you know right now, if I if my cash game cornerstones go like one for four, my ass ain't gonna be on the show next week. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm, I'm taking one of these fall swing, one yeah. of these fall swing pods off. So you're so like that, the, you're you're basically pulling a Hideki talking about a, I'm a, I'm about one out of ten right now at my game because this is buyer beware. You might not want to play Kenny's plays this week. Because he's looking for a week off somewhere. He's pulling the DJ. No, nah, man. I am not the looking. the five water on 18 and I'm then missed looking. the putt too just to get out of the next week's show. Because you have to remember, I'm all the, all everything I say here, I put on my lineups. And I don't want to lose money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you guys are okay. I'm not going to hey. BS this week, you know. Uh, I'm still playing my normal. We know you got amount. a new I'm truck to pay day. off. We know do, you got I a new do, truck do, to pay off. So truck, you, yeah. yeah, maybe you should trust these plays because there's a little more money motivation over there with that new Toyota 4Runner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I play what I'm. I can afford to lose. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, <laughs> it's not going to affect my my purchasing power uh, when it comes to other things. I have a, a regular job too, guys. So, you know, uh, so so it comes down to that. But let, let's move on uh, from last week and let's get to this crappy ass tournament uh, for this week. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the Bermuda Championship. It's going to be from Port Royal Golf Course. It's a like a 6,800 yard par 71, three par fives, four par threes. Par fives are short, all measuring under 555 yards. And these three holes are going to be the easiest holes in the course. Um, even the shortest of hitters are going to have an opportunity to get the ball in the green. Of course, it's going to be wind dependent. Uh, the first few holes of this course are, are tree line, but right after that, it's, you know, the Atlantic Ocean is going to be blowing in people's face. Uh, so, uh, you know, definitely wind dependent. The par fours, they're going to be pretty short as well. Six of them are under 400 yards. Uh, we might only see one play over 450 yards, and that's if they um, use the back tee box. So it's a really, really short course. Uh, par threes, on the other hand, are pretty long. Uh, you know, uh, all four are going to be over 200 yards. Those are going to be the most difficult holes on the course. Um, uh, like four of the nine most difficult holes on the course is where it usually ends up. Uh, off the tee golfers are going to see, you know, narrow to average size fairways with bunkers in the landing zones, plenty of elevation changes throughout the course, and especially off the tee. Uh, the rough surrounding the fairways is always a grass. It shouldn't be too tall or thick. Uh, water is also in play on about five holes. Of course, it's so short that most golfers will hit less than driver on almost every hole, uh, except the par fives. Uh, on approach shots, golfers are going to see smaller screens. Don't have too much slope or undulation. Uh, these Bermuda grass screens are going to play really slow, like 10, 10.5, because you know if it gets windy out there, they can't really have them uh, more higher. I want a couple of things to look at when it comes to this course is you know pay attention to possible wave advantages. Uh, you know, when the wind blows like this, uh, it's always something to pay attention to. Right now, it's too early to look. But, you know, Wednesday night, go in, make sure you can check uh, if to see if there is some wave advantages. Um, you know, the tournament's basically going to be one with, you know, solid long iron play, wedge play, and putting. Uh, there are going to be at least six shots a day uh, from 200-plus yards. Uh, there are also going to be plenty of wedges here with all the short par fours and the long par, par threes, you know. Long irons, wedges. That's that's what's going to come down to. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, all the leaders were were near the top in uh, putts per green and regulation. So that's something. You know, putting I think is sort of a little bit boosted uh, this week as well. What are you looking at for golfers this week, Tambo? Very limited. We talked earlier, fantasynational.com/fgd. Pulling it up this week, just pulling it up. Basic man, fairways, approach scoring you know longer part or sorry shorter par fours and then the putting like you mentioned just having a quick glance at it but before we get into the tiers kenny want to get over to the DraftKings ad for the week get you guys set up with the promotion so you can check it out this week 
NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD. Just bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code FGD this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, NJIN or PA only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's get to these tiers, Tim. Let's go in this 10K range. We've got Seamus Power all the way to Matthew Fitzpatrick. How are you going about this week? The guy that you just named. Seamus Power, man. Give me the power. I love that play. I think at 10-2, you know, we got Mito, we got Fitzpatrick, Bazudenhout. A lot of guys want to go to these guys, I think, for good reason. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick just won. Bazudenhout's much better than this field as far as strength of field. I know it seems crazy to see him at that price, but you definitely got to weight the strength of field here. I think that matters. But for me, I like Seamus Power. I think you got to weight that, too. The guy came over, uh, got a win at, what was it, the Barbasol, I want to say? I can't remember which one it was at now. But anyway, he came over, did his thing, uh, got it done against, I think it was JT Poston at the Barbasol when he took him down and had that bunker shot. But anyway, doing it in, in this type of event wouldn't surprise me. It makes a lot of sense. I think all-around player, just looking at the stats, the numbers as I pull them up, just solid across the board. Maybe doesn't as many fairways as some of these other guys at the top, but like I said, that matters, but how much? And, and at 10-2, I think he's a little bit of a discount here. Uh, and then the other two guys, Mito himself, uh, if he gets popular, I could see pivoting off, but I just think he's still a great play across the board, stats-wise especially, but just in general from a talent perspective. Think about it, the three Corn Ferry Tour wins to get that special exemption, and now coming into an event like this that literally is worse to me than a, a Corn Ferry Tour event, I think. If you look at some of the guys in the field, the limited size, all those factors, everything that's involved. So I think it makes a lot of sense to go to him. And then Reed could be the the tournament play there, the guy that, you know, what has he been up to? Where has he been at? The Ryder Cup narrative, all that stuff has gone down the drain to the wayside now. But I don't know. I think a lot of people will go to the guys at the top. It's Patrick and Mizzou now. Where are you at this week, Kenny? I just want to talk about Reed for a second. What do you think his ownership? Because when you look at this tournament, he's by far the biggest name, right? There's no doubt about that at all. But he's priced, what, the fourth highest. I think he's the fifth highest betting favorite uh, in this. I mean, even if I'm – I don't know if I'm going to play him at DFS, but I definitely bet his ass 21. Uh, you know, and the thing is, I don't know if I'm going to play him. Uh, because I like Seamus Power uh, a lot, just like you. W what do you think his ownership is going to be? I mean, I know it's early in the week. I have no feel for this so, right now uh, when it comes to Patrick. But I think I think Mito's going to be popular. I think Power's going to be popular. Uh, Fitzpatrick just came off a win. Um, uh, what do you think about what do you think about Reed's ownership this week? It feels like it could be low. I think the betting number, like you said, I can see why people would bet it just to have it because of the name, the field, what everything that goes with it. But if you think about, you look back, most people are going to look at game logs or fantasy national or different things like that, that we talked about where you see it in the CJ cup, nothing Shriners miscut to our championships, a 30 man event. He came 25th. Like there's just, he's been doing nothing. He had the injury conversation before that. That's where the sort of the leeway that Stricker got with the Ryder Cup to say, oh, maybe, you know, I let him know it was tough. But at the same time, he had this stuff going on, so on and so forth. So I don't know, man. I, I mean, the field is extremely weak. But for me, I think people will find names in Mito, Fitzpatrick coming off the win, and then Power could even pick up steam as the week goes on. So I, I think Patrick Reed will come in pretty fair, maybe 10 12%. All right, so I, I think so. I mean, we'll see how it goes because, like I said, you know, these people, that people that play now, are, there's not that many casuals that play this game anymore. And if casuals come and play this and they see Patrick Reed up top at 10,400 with four guys they've never heard for of their, in their lives, 
everyone's going to click Patrick Reed, but I don't think that's the way DFS is nowadays when it comes to golf. Uh, so I have a feeling, you know, maybe he will be lower owned. Uh, with Mito right above him, I think Mito could be the most popular guy, but I'm not going to play him. Um, you know, his putting is just not there, and I'm really um, looking in the putting. I know it's the most variable stat. He can go out there and putt lights out. It's it's not impossible uh, for him to do, but he's just been so poor uh, with his putter, like losing you know, two strokes or more in some rounds uh, here recently. That I just I just can't get on board with him. Uh, my favorite skin, my first cash game cornerstone is actually going to be Christian Bazidenhut. Uh, everyone knows his story, of course, drinking rat poison, all that stuff. Uh, that, that's from the past. He, 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 it still affects him now, but the guy uh, has been playing pretty well. A couple of top tens here recently. The best putter in this field in the last 50 rounds, uh, except for like the guys that you know have not played PGA Tour for like 27 years that are in the field, which there's a lot of. There's a lot of those guys uh, this week. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I, I like him a lot. Uh, short game, really, really strong. I think you got to pay attention to a little bit of short game, especially if the wind picks up. You, I've heard anywhere from 10 to 25 mile per hour sustained winds for the week. That's not including, like, you know, gusts from the, the ocean uh, because, you know, there could always be larger gusts. If it's in that 20-plus range, I mean, um, you're going to have to have a lot of a ground around the green play. And Bazidenho is very, very strong, avoids the bogeys, really good with his wedges. Uh, you know, there's a lot of wedges here. So I really like Bazidenho. He's going to be my first cash game cornerstone. Seamus Power, when it comes to the model, is like John Rahm in like normal events. Whenever you see John Rahm play, like first, first, second, first, 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 like everything I'm looking for, the guy is like by far, by far the best. And this is just based on models. And you got to look, you know, five top tens and a win in his last 10 to 12 events. Uh, the guy has been playing his best golf, I'd say, of his career in the last four to five months. Uh, the price seems fair. So I like him. One guy, uh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do is Matthew Fitzpatrick. It seems like this is the type of course that Fitzpatrick can do well on. Uh, you know, he just won uh, a couple weeks ago uh, on the Euro Tour, a short course where driver is basically non-existent, where you rely heavily on the putter. Uh, you know, he does get a lot of birdies uh, out there. Um, you know, he hits a lot of fairways as well. And, you know, you're going to need that, especially if it, it, for dis distance control uh, in the wind, a lot easier to get the correct distance in wind when you're off the fairway instead of that zoysia grass, which can lead to fire sometimes. Um, so I, I think the way I'm going to go about this week, because the 9K range just doesn't really interest me too much. So I'm contemplating using Fitz, uh, Power, and Reed and GPPs. Uh, and then Bazina, who's going to, of course, is going to be lower. So that's four guys that I think I'm going to use in the 10K range and maybe just use one guy, two guys in the 9K range and just try and space it out like that. Uh, make lineup starting with one of these four at this moment in time. Seamus Power is going to be my highest owned. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind uh, in this in this top. And I'm still iffy on Reed, and I'm still – I think I'm going to play Fitz. So I, we'll see how it goes when it comes down to Wednesday when I actually make my lineup. But initially, that's what I'm thinking of doing uh, when you're mass multi-entering. If you're single entry or stuff like that, play your favorite up here. Uh, if I was doing that, I would play Shamus. Um, and then I'd play Bez in, in cash. But let's go ahead and move to this 9K range. Uh, I'll go ahead. My favorite player is going to be Danny Willett. Uh, another guy uh, who, who's used to the win, who's won uh, here recently, um, hitting a, making a lot of birdies on tour uh, here recently. I mean, second in this field, which, again, it's relative, uh, is second in this field in the last 50 rounds and birdie or better percentage. Um, you know, a decent putter, pretty good around the greens. He's asked to be coming with a little bit of confidence. I think that price is very, very fair for him in this field. Other than that, in this 9K range, I, I, I thought about Ramey and Hadwin. We'll see uh, as the week goes on, both those guys. I mean, Hadwin's coming off a really good performance his last time out. Uh, I think he could be popular. Uh, and then Ramey, another guy who's a good performance last time out. But, again, in his last, like, 20 events, he's just been knocking those top tents uh, down. You know, a lot of them on the Corn Ferry Tour. But this is like a Corn Ferry Tour, you know, field. So, so maybe we could see that again. Uh, with with Ramey, but the only guy I'm sure I'm going to play is going to be Danny Willett in this range. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this range. Going back up top, though, just real quick for your mention, you might have sold me on Bazudenhout just looking into it a little bit more. I think 
Uh, I've already bet Mido, so spoiler alert, when we get to it later, I, I bet Mido. I just thought, you know, stats-wise, across the board, everything looked too good. I just feel like even early on Monday evening here, he's going to be extremely popular, and it's not just the only reason to get off him. It's more of that there's other guys around him that can get there, and I'm with you on power. I'm just so heavy on Seamus Power up at the top. I like him more than most uh, and more than anybody else up there, and then you've got Reed, who I think is a good, you know, maybe – he comes in a little bit under own just based on the recent form and everything. And then Bazudenhout, who I really like, and you can't play them all. The only guys I like in this range, I see Willett. I get what you're saying there, but I kind of like Hadwin. He's popping in my stats. If you look at just the fairways, the putter, uh, the shorter par fours, everything like that, I think Hadwin makes a lot of sense. And then Ramey, who you just mentioned. So realistically, if I got Bazudenhout, Reed, Power, Ramey, Hadwin, and that's it, from 9K up, I think you can pretty much do whatever you want after that. If that's sort of where you're starting at and going down the board, you've got, you know, there's a lot of guys up there. And if you're only using five five or six guys up top, I think you're more than fine. So I, I like those guys, Kenny, myself. Yeah, I mean, like when you think about it, I like Hadwin too. Like I said, he, in that in that previous range. Yeah, I think I think uh, I, I think that's the way it's going to go for me. I, I'm going to stick with a lot of those 10K guys and go down from there. So so we'll see how that ends up working out. Uh, I mean, Hayden Buckley being 20 to one, same as Patrick Reed, just seems buck wild to me. Uh, and again, with Mito, another thing is like he is the worst putter out of that bunch, and you've seen like good putters just do well here. I, I, it could be a small sample size. It could just be a coincidence, uh, but we have to go on what we go on. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so I think I mean, it was going to be a phase for me. And then you say that you're going to be um, you, you like power more than most others. We'll see how that goes, uh, because, I mean, I thought I like Kanaya more than most others. I thought I like Sung Kang last week more than most others. I do like 28 percent owned. I was like, I want to have like 20, 20, 20 plus percent Sung Kang and be like, you know, 24%, 25% of Sun Kang and be double the field. I was less than the field average last week with him. Uh, and, you know, and then he, you know, he, he crapped the bed. Uh, but I, we all deserve that, I guess. But I don't think we, I knew that he was going to be that highly owned. I mean, a 6K guy has to be one of the highest owned 6K guys in the history of golf DFS. Uh, I, you know, it was just so weird. So you never really know with these. I mean, I, we, you could see power getting to 20, 25% this week, and I would be shocked uh, if we both like them that much. Uh, so, yeah, but and uh, to just to respond right quick, though, more than most is like if he, even if he's 20%, I'll definitely have more. So I don't, I'm not too worried about it. Me too. Me say, too when it comes to him. Yes. Yeah. I, I yeah. just like him a lot this week. And even if he, if he comes out that way, that's fine. I think he's that way for a reason. So he's the guy I feel more comfortable with. Again, I'd rather, I'd always rather get a little bit crazier, get, you know, doubled up on guys up at the top that I would be with like the 6K value play that everyone says exactly. is nuts when it just ain't true. So that that's where I'm saying I'll be liking Seamus Power more than most. And don't forget about the bets that we're going to talk about later as well. So that that's why I said I like him quite a bit this week. I think he makes a lot of sense here. All right, in this 8K range, we're going with my second cast game, Cornerstone. It's going to be Denny McCarthy at $8,500 again. Danny McCarthy and Cash. Well, here we are. This, this is where we are uh, at this event. I mean, of course, history is there. Uh, a couple top finishes uh, in this event. Again, one of the better putters on tour. Towards the end of last year, he last in the beginning of last year, he was a little bit poor. But as the year went on, uh, he got better back to where his normal self was when it comes to putting. I mean, he's been the number one ranked putter in strokes gained, I think 2020 and 2000, uh, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so you know that the putter is there. A good finish a couple weeks ago, a top 20. Uh, I think it was in Vegas or Mississippi, one of those S events uh, that we've had uh, in the fall. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Denny as my second cascade cornerstone. Again, decent around the greens as well, at, at least comparatively to this field. Uh, so that's going to be my second cash game cornerstone. Uh, all my guys are basically in this range. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be David Lipsky at $8,000, uh, coming off a really, really good performance uh, in uh, the Andalusia Masters at Valderrama, which is another windy course, not that not too long, windy. Um, I, I like his game. He makes a lot of cuts. Uh, he, I think he can dominate these shorter par fives. He's a pretty good par five guy. Um, so I like uh, Lipsky a lot this week. Uh, so he'll be my third cash game cornerstone. Other guys that I think I'm looking at for this week. Um, 
I'm thinking about uh, maybe a little bit of um, Joseph Bramlett down here. I'm worried about his putter, but everything else looks in line, and I'll take a risk at this price compared to like Amito, who's a shitty, a crappy putter, but in the $10,800 range. Um, Guido makes may, may, is a little bit interesting to me as well. The iron game being strong, not too many bogeys. Uh, so, so those are a couple of guys that I like in this range. Uh, also, GPP wise. Yeah, I like a few of the guys you mentioned. Guido, I'm really in on. I think you just mentioned him there. 8,700. I think he makes more than a lot of sense. This guy's just priced, you know, to me at, in this field, he could have been priced at a higher number and I still would have had interest. So at 8,700, he's really solid. McCarthy, I can't decide what to do with. Our good friend Baroff, who will be filling in most likely when Kenny decides to actually take his hey, week off. Hey, I, unless I ball out the rest of the year. If I ball out the rest of the year, you're going to see me every week. So, yeah. so we'll see. We'll we, see. We, we, would, we want to see you every week. You're the star of the show. But when Baroff does have to fill in, Baroff, I was texting him today about this guy, Denny McCarthy. And I thought, you know, at 50 to 1, I said, I'd rather punch myself in the dick then make that bet. So at 50 to one McCarthy, I know some of the other bets are horrible and you'll probably think the same about some of mine later on, but I just thought that was a little bit too crazy. So uh, I'm not sure yet what to do with him, but the other guys I like Kenny are at the bottom. You mentioned Lipsky playing some pretty good golf. I like him. Bramlett. I always like him. He's got opportunity. Like you said, the putter could be a problem, but maybe it's not. The guy's got really solid stats on approach. Everything's good on these uh, shorter par fours, all that stuff. And fairways and greens is sort of his game. And then Ryan Armour, talking about fairways and greens. This guy is right there at 8,100. I think he's a fair price too. If you look at it, Ryan Armour at 8,100, there's another guy at 7,100 that sort of emulates his game uh, at the same time. But fairways, shorter par fours, got the putter, hits the approach shots that are required. I think Armour makes a lot of sense. And he's almost like a guy that people don't like to play very often. They'll play him, I'll get a few shares of him, but they're not going to be heavy on him. So I think at 8,100, he could actually make a lot of sense here. Yeah, short coastal courses, that, that, that's his shizzle. So, yeah, I like Ryan Armour, too. I'm thinking about him in cash. Again, Ryan Armour in cash, you're like, Jesus. But I'm thinking about it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, let's go to this 7K range. Um, I like Russell Knox. I think everyone likes Russell Knox. He could be one of the highest owned in the field. So I'm going to use him in cash. He's going to be my final cash game cornerstone this week. Russell Knox, again, a good win player. Uh, I think he ranks out in the top 10 uh, in my model when it comes to windy conditions. Um, you know, I, you know, his iron game, of course, is extremely strong. Wedge game, very, very good. Uh, there's one weakness is going to be, of course, birdies. Uh, but, you know, this is not a birdie fest type course. So this should fit him. And you got to remember, guess who's on the bag for him, Tambo? Who's here? Willie Wilcox is on oh, the bag. I did see that, yes. Is on the bag for, for Mr. Russell Knox, if I'm not mistaken, I could have yeah, did. misread he did say that. His boy, at Rick Knox, the, yeah, the I, DK I, I, extraordinaire, I, Willie Wilcox. So, so yes, another DK favorite from back in the day um, on his bag this week. You know, maybe that combination of just elite iron play, elite, elite, when it comes to this field for the, both of these guys uh, can help. But, again, avoids the bogeys, really good with his wedges. So, cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Christian Bazidenhut at 10,000, what was it, 10,800? 10,006, 10,700. And then we got Denny at 8,500. Lipsky at 8,000. Russell Knox at 7,700. This still leaves you over 15K uh, to finish out your lineup. Uh, definitely going this way. I almost thought about doing like a like a power, uh, power Bez start, but the 6K is just... I almost put Ted Potter Jr. in cash, and I looked at it. I had a lineup with Ted Potter Jr. in cash. I was like, no, I can't. I, even if I want to punt like that, I, I can't do that type of punt uh, when it comes down to it. So I went sort of a little bit more balanced uh, this week. But, I mean, like, you know, if you, if you want to go down low, uh, you can do that, and I wouldn't mind a power best start uh, in cash because I definitely thought about it. Um, other guys that I like in his 7K range, I'll leave Hubbard for you because I know you're a fan of him. Uh, Alex Smalley 
Uh, again, a, a guy who hasn't really proven himself on tour yet, but had a pretty good Corn Ferry tour um, in his few events on the PGA Tour. You know, he, he makes a lot of birdies, uh, lots of DK points. T to green, he's been strong. Wedge play uh, above average, avoids the bogeys. Um, Austin Eckrode is get, gathering a lot of info, a lot of steam this week, again, with his solid iron play, especially when it comes to his wedges. Hank the Tank, a couple of good starts here. Uh, in his two starts, um, not where he was, I guess, three or four months ago, but that was only three or four months ago. And he's playing in a field where, you know, it's just not that strong. I think he, at this price, it's very, very fair. If he was playing how he was a few months ago, he would have been, you know, 10K plus, um, you know, in his field. And so stats, birdies, apps, bogey avoidance, you know, long iron play, uh, even his wedge plays above average. So I do like him. Who do you like in his top range, Tamil? Like a few guys, actually. Hubbard, who you talked about, I, I definitely like him. One of the better putters in the field. And you think about just the numbers-wise, Bermuda, good, fairways, approach, everything, the upside, but he scores well. So, again, it's the same thing as always. If we get the full if we get the, the full four days out of him, then you're going to get a pretty good result. So, I think Mark Hubbard makes sense at 7,900. Russell Knox, who you mentioned, uh, Smalley. I'm in on – I was trying to think of one more. Oh, yes, you just mentioned it. Yeah, you, you were talking about Ted Potter Jr., and one thing I saw about him that was brought up, not to do with this range or, or anything, but just in general, coastal, easy, shorter, wind, Pebble Beach W. Who's another guy that got the same thing going on for himself? And that's Nick Taylor, my fellow Canadian brethren. And I think he makes a lot of sense, actually, at 7,400. You look at the numbers across the board, shorter par fours, ranked fourth in the last 50 rounds, top 20 in putting, 30th in fairways gained. I think he makes a lot of sense here. At that price, and then uh, Ekrot, Lebiota, like Smalley, all those guys that you mentioned are playable and will probably be talked about. And then, as I always say, you got to actually click the button. People will mention them, but will they actually play them? And that's really what it comes down to for me. So I think they're they're guys that I could use there too. Yeah, Hank and Smalley, my favorites up top. When you get down here a little bit lower, uh, I think David Hearn might be a guy who doesn't really get much traction this week. Probably single digit owned. Uh, that you can get to who's played well here. I'm, I, you know, lately when it comes down to GPPs, I have been looking less, of course, history. Uh, but at a an event like this where you just don't have too much to go on uh, with these type of golfers, uh, you know, I mean, you got to find your edge, especially when it comes to cheaper golfers. I'll probably look a little bit more at course history, and he's been pretty solid here. Uh, so I will play David, and he's Canadian too, right? Uh, so uh, I'll okay. play Hearn. Um, other guys that I'd like down here, Sepp Straka does pretty well in the wind, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, somebody uh, on these shorter courses as well. He literally has been playing like a dog poo, right? But the thing is, like, when he makes a cut, he's like top 20, you know? So, I mean, that's sort of what you're looking for uh, in these cheaper uh, type golfers uh, this week. Other guys down here, uh, Naismith has been really, really good in the wind. Uh, I think he's like been in the last, I guess, since 2017, he's gained the third most strokes uh, in, in, in when it comes to win play, uh, you know, in this field. Uh, so I do like Naismith a little bit, a good win player. Um, I'll probably play a little bit of Brian Stewart. Again, Brian Gay down here also. Um, but Brian Gay, Brian Gay, of course, course history guy. I think he finished first and third or first and eighth or something like that, his first two appearances uh, here. Brian Stewart, uh, stats-wise, it seems like anytime you play Ryan Armour, like I said, you play Brian Stewart. Like, it's going to be like the the fake Ron Palmer combo. This is what it is. So anytime I play Ryan Armour, I'm going to play Brian Stewart. Uh, and I like Vince Whaley a little bit. Whaley's actually top 10 uh, since 2017. Of course, his stats are a little bit skewed because it's the, the sample size is smaller, but top 10 in win play. Um, in the last since 2017 as well, and that was from uh, PGA Splits 101. Uh, I think an old Roto Grinders uh, fellow employee. So um, uh, he put that out on his Twitter at PGA Splits 101. Uh, he had that out, so you know he's a pretty sharp guy. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and listen to that. But there's a lot of guys here in this lower 7K range that I think are viable to play. Cameron Hancock, another guy who you know just a few weeks ago. Uh, a few months ago, you know, was in a playoff to end all playoffs with Harris English that went like 45 hours after, you know, with nine holes or something like that. It was wild. Um, I could see him doing well. I don't like Jason Duffner too. So I'm going to be like you 
uh, this week and just name off a crap ton of names here on the bottom uh, because I, I'm going to roster a bunch of these guys. And that's why I think sort of when, when you get to the 10K, that's why I think I could start with four 10K guys. I think I could double up on some of them and play, you know, a lot of guys with 7,000 to 7,400 and fill out the other four spots there. And I don't feel bad about that. Yeah, I like that. I'll never be mad at you about playing a lot of guys in the 7K range. I think it's one of the most underrated ways to go about it. People want to find their diamond in the rough in the 6K range and be first. And they have FOMO and all these factors where they're trying to get in on somebody early and then they don't have the other five guys right anyway. So that's sort of where it doesn't matter. I always say it. I got no problem with you going down low, finding your your guy, quote unquote, your guy. But if you do that, you should be all over it because that way you can actually get enough combinations that if your guy comes through, you've got lineups that can actually get to the top. So I think that's one of the biggest factors, Kenny. I don't mind that at all. A lot of the guys that you mentioned down here, I'm in on as well. Got to ask you right quick. I don't know if you saw an update. I certainly did not. But I saw something about Brian Gay getting bumped off the plane. Yeah, I and, saw that. Which is crazy, considering the defending champion. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of conversation about why didn't another guy get bumped? Why would they not get him in there? Maybe he'll still make it. I don't know. I just, for me, I thought it almost meant, like, we'll see him out. But maybe he's got, he's definitely still has time to get there. So I'm sure it'll still happen. And like you said, a couple other guys down here. Stewart, speaking of a different Brian now, Brian Stewart going with Ryan Armour. I love that one. I like a couple other guys. Neesmith, who you mentioned. I'll never forget this. The first time ever, way back when, that I wanted to make Victor Hovland happen and get a W. It was like the Boise's or something open on the Corn Ferry Tour. And Neesmith is the absolute epitome of fairways and greens. Just the guy that that's all he does. And that's so the perfect setup here. Makes a ton of sense for me. His strokes and approach. He's number one in the model over the last 50 rounds. So Neesmith... Makes a lot of sense to me here. I like him quite a bit. Aaron Rye. Um, I talked about Brian Stewart. Duffner, who you mentioned, works. Hearn, another Canadian. Vincent Whaley, who we always like. Uh, and then Bo Hogue is another guy that is just rating out extremely well across the board. And funny enough, I remember the story at RBC Heritage about him getting engaged. And, you know, the RBC Heritage also happens to be Matthew Fitzpatrick's favorite place to go out and play. And he talks about all the time in the course that he loves. So, I'm not saying he's Matthew Fitzpatrick for way cheaper. I'm just saying when you've got that sort of correlation in a sense, in a narrative-based sense, I can get after some Bo Hogue here down at the bottom at 7K even. All right, let's get to the 6K range. Uh, you know, it's bad. I wouldn't use any of these guys in cash. Oh, one guy I, I like also, Vincent Whaley. Sorry, I forgot about him again. You, you mentioned him. You mentioned him. I, mean, like I mentioned him. him. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned yeah. him. And, uh, when you get down to the 6K range, uh, there's 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 – guys uh i wouldn't use any in cash but i could see myself using uh, a few of these people when it comes down here adam svenson another one of your uh canadian guys i think i can i can i can get on board uh with him just a little bit um other guys down here you know when it comes to svenson again solid iron play he's actually first in strokes gain t the green in this field in his last 50 rounds um, I think that includes the Corn Ferry Tour. I'm not 100% sure, but really good with his long irons too. Uh, so, I mean, at that price, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and play play a little bit of your Canadian brethren down there. Uh, I sort of like Camille Villegas, like another good wind player, really good with around the green, uh, wedge play, extremely strong, especially in the wind. Uh, so I like Camille uh, down here just a little bit. Um, I will play... Um, I don't know. This is a coach special. There's a guy from the Gups Corner Slack uh, named Coach, and he, he's done a little bit of uh, uh, caddying for uh, different, you know, Corn Ferry Tour golfers. He's always on this Austin Smotherman guy. And so, you know, I, you know, the guy's been on tour. He's seen Smotherman play on the Corn Ferry Tour. He likes him a lot. He's got a little, I'm sure he has a little bit of inside knowledge, you know, caddying on that tour. Uh, so, you know, I'll play. I'll, I'll jump on board. Uh, with coach out there for Smotherman, uh, Chase Seasford. Again, good putter, good short irons down here. I think I can get aboard with him. Who do you like? I was just looking up Smotherman just to see. I've, I've followed him a little bit, so I do like that call, uh, you know, there for that price. But uh, Svensson, who you mentioned, we're all, we always have our battles, Svensson versus KH Lee. By the way, did you see, that just made me think of this. I think I have it saved because I kind of wanted you to read it out loud but did you see the uh the kh lee quote about no. being sexy 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He wants to be like the sexiest golfer on tour somewhere there. No, th- listen to this. This is the best quote of all time, and you and I can both definitely relate to this. This is amazing. Being sexy means to be a muscular guy. It's in my dream, but not quite possible in reality. I want to be muscular, but I enjoy eating so much. He's For a pretty example, chunky dude. He's a chunky yeah, this dude. Is amazing. Listen to this. For example, I try not to eat dinner if I have a big lunch, but when dinner time comes, I'm usually still hungry. I will work out hard, but I will eat hard as well. That is literally the best fucking quote of all time. And I love KH Lee so much more because of it, because that's the struggle that we all live with. Oh, I'll just have a, you know, if I got a big lunch, I'll have a small supper or dinner, whatever you guys like to call it out there. Canada, we call it supper in some places. But anyway, I digress. I'm just saying, Kenny, you always post the pictures of the big time lunches. And I know you're still over there eating more later on in the evening. So that's what I'm saying. I love KH Lee. We always have our bets across that. Any any thoughts on your boy? Yeah, he's the same as me, except for the working out part. Everything <laughs> exactly. else is the very everything everything else is similar. That's great. Eat, eat hard. That, that's what I do. I eat hard. So I, work I out that. hard. Work team. out hard. No, but eat hard. Yes, yes, yes. I do. Uh, I do. I do eat hard. Um, okay, did you have other guys? Do we? Yeah, yeah, did yeah, you yeah. Even I name do. guys. I just had I to go on remember. that tangent. Yeah. yeah. I like the the Camille Vergegas. I love that call. I think he makes a lot like this guy just plays well regardless and he's too cheap. But the one guy that I absolutely love down here, Kenny, is Chase Seifert. I think that's just too cheap. He'll probably get popular and I never want to play the 6K cheap guy. But man, not just the stats alone, just what we know his upside is and his potential. And if you then go look at some of the stats on top of just seeing him down here seemingly too low, Hits fairways, strong on approach, really solid on these shorter par three or par four, sorry, but you always have to worry about the putter. So I guess if you see them come Wednesday night at 15 or 20%, feel free to go different. I, I don't hate that at all either. Ben Martin is the guy that can score and get some upside out of there. You know, you can see him go well. Uh, Johnson Wagner, another great putter down low. That I think you could... He's a hokey. I went to school with him. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I didn't know who you were. I, I thought you said Oki, and I said who? But, yeah, this field, there could be anybody. You could yell any word out possible right now, and maybe they would be in the field because who knows? <laughs> in the name, you just say any word. They, they could possibly be there. So, uh, you know, we got Robert Garrigus. We got all kinds of dudes, man. Arjun Atwal. We got Sangmoon Bay is in the field trying to make things happen. David Skins who we've seen, you know, crying in the tent after his time getting eventually going. And, uh, you know, Monday Q info talked about him. Ted Purdy was the talk of the day, man. We saw this earlier. Ted Purdy has like 12 missed cuts in a row, but the last time he made a cut was a T-58 at the 2019 Bermuda Championship. So get on your Ted, forget your Ted Potter Jr. Get on your Ted Purdy. Over no, I'm, here, good on that. I'm, I'm good on that one, though. <laughs> Any, I'm good anybody on that else? One. Seaford and Vegas are my favorites, but I mean, like Luke Donald makes sense here. Uh, you know, a uh, win player. I mean, uh, God, I remember he used to be number one player in the world. He's not even close to that anymore, uh, but somebody I can get behind. I like your Ben Martin call. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's a good play. I, I like him a lot. Uh, Ted Potter Jr. Of course. I mean, any short course, uh, I know uh, uh, Martin Sundog monkey had, had him bet 200 to one. And I totally agree with him. Uh, I'll probably roster him as the cheapest guy uh, that I can get down here. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's not impossible to find guys out here. I mean, it's not as dire straits as, as you might think. I mean, it's pretty bad, but it's not like as dire as you think. And I just wouldn't go cash in this range this week. And you know, normally the way I've been doing cash, I have one of these punt plays and I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, the closest I would get was Seifert, but it still didn't really help me. Uh, I, you know what? I, I could use him as one of my other two guys. Uh, so we'll see how uh, the week progresses and we'll see how it goes on. Yeah, I like it, man. This is a fun week just for us. Like you said, degenerates, we're always in the mix and we like to play it. So I think there's a lot of stuff to go, that you can go after. I think it's, you know, one week where I'm going to have some fun with it, Kenny. But, you know, you don't have to go crazy if your bankroll is a little bit lower and you just want to play some stuff. Play 20 max. Get your lineups in, play your guys, you know, get in the $1, $3, whatever it might be, just to get some action to make a little fun. But let's talk about bets, Kenny. What do you got this week? All right, so I got I'm, – I'm betting Patrick Reed at 20-1. to 1. I don't know if I'm going to play him, but at 20-1 to 1 in this field, I feel like I have to bet him. Uh, so I'm going to bet Patrick Reed. I'm going to bet Seamus Power also 20-1 to 1, uh, this week. Danny Willett at 40-1. to 1. 
Um, Russell Knox at 45 to one. Uh, Denny McCarthy at 50 to one. Uh, Lipsky, 50 to one. And uh, Brian Gay, he's won it twice. I'll put him at 100 to one. I'll probably do more long shots later. So it's like a seven man card uh, for the week because, I mean, you know, I want to hit one. And, and so I might add some, I might add some, um, some longer shots as the week goes on. We'll see. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And then I thought the other way on it, kind of. I want to go a couple guys up top. Uh, Mito, I for sure talked about earlier, 25 to one. I just bet him because the opportunity here to get a PGA Tour win. And then I've got uh, Seamus Power right behind him at 30. So I bet those two guys, then I had to go up a little bit. So I've got, uh, you know, Guido at 50. All these are top five each way. Guido at 50, Knox at 55, Nick Taylor at 66, and then Neesmith at 80, and Chase Seaford at 175. So only the one long shot, the extremely long shot there. But I just think, I get this. Listen, everyone talks about it. There's a lot of opportunity for a lot of guys to make a name for themselves, and here's a spot to do it. But you still got to be good enough to go out and do it. And that's sort of my thoughts around it, right? The wind, the factors, everything that are involved, of course. Uh, check things out. You know, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Check things out there. Go over to Run Pure Sports. Hit up that site. You can use promo code DGEN50. It's D E G E N 50. Get yourself 50% off your first month. You can check that out. Wednesday night show, we'll be talking about it. The weather, the wind, anything's a factor. Wave. Uh, wave uh, lineups, construction, everything that we're going off of there, you can check it out there and I'll have the numbers on Wednesday night. But that's it for me this week, Kenny. I think we're going to have some fun with it either way. Yeah, I just added chasing for it. I like that. I got 150 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook, which is where you guys go take your bets if you want. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you know, I, I do my thing on there. Uh, you can find my article every week on gupscorner.com. Uh, I'll probably have my article tomorrow morning. Uh, and then Wednesday, I'll add my favorite GPP plays in each price range. Uh, final betting card, any changes to the cash game cornerstone, any changes to the course, any weather-related stuff, just like you. Uh, it'll be out uh, on gupscorner.com on Wednesday. All right, so it should be a fun week. This is the type of week where, you know, guys who really put their work in uh, can do pretty well, and uh, we'll see if it works out for us. So let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the 